There are patients that have some sort of physical or structural challenge that exists between where they reside and the point where they can be loaded into a vehicle, wheelchair, van, ambulance, car, etc., to be transported to whatever treatment location they require to be transported to. These types of questions are outside the norm and require me to think a little harder about the resulting payment scenario, which is why we are consulted on the billing side. Today, we cover this further in this edition of the QMC Board and Caller. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the QMC Board and Caller, news and thought-provoking discussions for today's emergency medical service provider. The Board and Caller podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's podcast, QMC's Director of Client Services, Gary Harvat. The questions I receive are typically concerning whether or not transfer barriers constitute medical necessity for ambulance transport. The questioning usually is posed because the patient requires additional personnel and centers on whether the barrier makes the trip an ambulance trip that will result in Medicare and even some other insurance payers issuing payment for the trip in the end. Where Medicare is concerned, the question always comes back to a medical necessity issue. While we sometimes become sidetracked in our provider-heavy minds about the entire scenario, allow me to focus you back to the central factor. It's all about medical necessity. Medicare pays for ambulance transports. The program, in whatever form it takes, does not pay for treatment, handling, and peripherals. It pays for transport, period. The defining medical necessity question to ask is, can my patient be safely transported in any other vehicle other than an ambulance without potentially harming the patient? It's the foundation for all other discussion regarding payment. Now that we've made that key point, let's get back to the question scenarios. Unfortunately, Medicare is not concerned that a patient has a zillion steps to navigate how the patient moves from his or her residence or the place where he, she is to get to the vehicle that is going to transport the patient matters little to Medicare because it's all about the transport and not how they eventually end up in that vehicle. So even if it takes two or three staff members to extricate the patient from the house to the transport vehicle, in the end, if the patient can tolerate sitting in a wheelchair for the duration of the transport and he or she can be driven in a wheelchair van to his or her appointment without detriment to his or her health and well-being, then Medicare tells us they won't pay for an ambulance ride. They will not agree to pay the resulting claim just because there are physical obstacles at the patient's origin location. Now, just because your EMS agency didn't have an effective way to move the person to the wheelchair van because of the obstacles doesn't mean that suddenly the patient needs an extra attendant or two and a fully equipped ambulance to take him or her where they're going. Taking our discussion another way, we once answered a question for a client about an upcoming series of dialysis runs they were scheduling. The patient was moderately obese, wasn't steady on his feet, and the staff at the dialysis facility were limited in number, so not physically able to handle an effective transfer of the patient from the wheelchair to the dialysis chair due to the patient's weight. Keep in mind, though, that this patient we're discussing regularly spends hours in a wheelchair at a skilled nursing facility where he resides and had no complications that warranted the need for ambulance monitoring. 
the only reason the skilled nursing facility was requesting an ambulance to transport the patient for his dialysis treatments were due to the fact that the skilled nursing facility transport coordinator had communicated with the dialysis facility staff who stressed that the transfer of the patient from the wheelchair to the dialysis chair would not happen easily. So out went the resulting request for our client to schedule an ambulance to transport the patient instead of a wheelchair van. After examining all the facts, our advice to the client was to suggest that they contact the skilled nursing facility to inform them that they would receive the bills for the transports within the framework of the preferred provider agreement the client had in place with the facility. We advise this due to the fact that the patient did not fit the medical necessity criteria for Medicare to pay for the transport and basically the use of an ambulance for convenience purposes. If a patient is able to tolerate a wheelchair or is able to move about riding in cars or other similar types of vehicles without the detriment to his or her overall health for a length of time equal to the duration of the transport, then physical obstacles and difficult transfer scenarios aside, the patient is probably not medically necessary to justify Medicare payment. Our best suggestion is to take a step back and consider the entire scenario when presented with these types of transport requests. As an EMS administrator, be sure to consult with your street staff, involve your billing office and other resources before making any final decision about what vehicle to use when these requests are received. I hope this information provides clarification for those of you that are challenged with these requests. I appreciate the fact that you took time to join us today. I hope you have a great day and hey, be safe out there. <music>